Welcome to the Fit Vegan Body Podcast with your host, Aaron Cattell, the vegan coach. The point of this podcast is to give you an in-depth but practical approach when it comes to losing weight, being healthy, or gaining muscle on a vegan or plant-based diet. We will have guests every single week to help clear up any confusion and make sure that you are 100% confident in your choice of your lifestyle. Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Body Podcast. I'm here with Aaron, all the way from Bali. Hey Aaron, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not bad. Thank you for jumping on. Now, obviously, um, you're not exactly here because you are a fitness professional, although I know you do like to keep fit, but it's more about something you talked about at the Bali Vegan Festival, which is how vegans should talk to meat eaters or kind of that kind of thing. Um, which I think is a massively important subject because there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of passion, and there's a lot of heated arguments, I think. Um, I'm sure you can agree. But before we get into that, let's you know hear a little bit about your background in terms of like what was your own personal journey to becoming vegan and what drove you kind of to Bali? Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, there's a short version and a long version of this, but uh, I'll give you the short version. Um, I went vegetarian when I was... Uh, ten years old, okay. I found out uh, I found out where uh, where animals came from and where my food came from, and I was kind of shocked because I'd always been brought up to love and care for animals, and we had all these uh, dogs, and we even had pet chickens and things. But I was still I was eating them as well, and so when one of my teachers said you're you're also eating these animals, um, I don't think he was a vegan himself. Maybe he is now. Hope so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was so shocked as a as a as a ten year old hearing that the the food I was eating was animals and I, yeah I was very disconnected from from that and then as I grew up I I even worked in a chicken farm when I was about fifteen years old and one day I came to work and said where's all the chickens guys <laughs> uh, I, I won't fill you in with the answer of what <laughs> what happened but um, uh, so I cut out eggs after that and even up until I was. I was aged 18, 19, I, I thought the cows needed to be milked and stuff and we were doing them a favor and we needed them for nutrition. So uh, I used to down four pints of milk after a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, my girlfriend at the time, actually, we, we talked about it a bit more about uh, our, our passions and what we think about animals. And um, I can't say it was one big turning point that made me go vegetarian to vegan. There was just one conversation one day and we changed. But uh, what I suspect actually happened was I had lots of vegan seeds planted over those, uh, over those 10 or so years when uh, I was vegetarian uh, that, that made me think, yeah, one day it all came, came to a head. And uh, I thought, right, I'm going vegan. And I did. And I never, never looked back. And uh, that was uh, 12 years ago now. Wow. Giving away my age there, aren't I? I mean, if people are that good at maths, but I don't know, I couldn't figure it out. So I think you were right. So what kind of um, then drove you to Bali? How long have you been in Bali for? Because you're obviously from the UK. So like, why Bali? Yeah, well, uh, I've been in Bali for oh, six, six, six and a little bit years now. And um, I came over to uh, volunteer with Bali Animal Welfare Association, who this uh, really good organization in Bali who uh, uh, look after a lot of the street animals here. So I was uh, initially volunteering here. And uh, as, as what I think happens with a lot of people, when people come to Bali, 
uh, they tend to come back and uh, that's what that's what I did I fell in love with the place and um, the animals especially hit me hit me where it where it hurt and hit me in the heart as well so I wanted to do something to to help the animals here as well so I've worked with a couple of charities since then in Bali trying to trying to move some social causes along here with uh, in terms of uh, fundraising and stuff like that and how would you say it is kind of being a vegan in Bali as opposed to maybe some of those bigger cities like obviously London is almost so easy to be vegan now especially in central London like you can find a vegan cafe almost like within 10 minutes walk of each other um, is it the same in Bali I mean I remember when I was there it was kind of quite plant-based but is it more and more like that yeah so well, it's a funny story really when i first moved here i'd uh, i'd googled the town the town's called ubud but i'd googled ubad and i thought <laughs> wow this place is really off the map i couldn't find anything all i could find was some place <laughs> in uh, like syria or something so i was uh, i was pretty worried about it so <laughs> i brought the whole in sync with me to bali but um yeah it turns out that uh I don't know why it seems to get missed off out of these best places to be vegan in the world, but uh, Ubud is um, really on the map for, especially for yoga stuff, but also spiritualism and um, uh, awakening type things, uh, which is, I think has led to a lot of uh, veganism here as well, because the, the two often come, come hand in hand. I mean, I didn't come here for yoga, but I'm certainly not complaining about the, about the impact that it's had on the place and the food. So it's kind of snowballed. Look, like uh, when you first came to Bali, I suspect you'd uh, notice a big difference now in that there's so many vegan places all over the place, even if you go to a place that, uh, that serves mainly sort of omnivore food, they still have vegan options, which is, which is really good. Then omnivores get the choice to choose vegan options, which uh, never used to be the case. Yeah. And is that just because of Westerners coming to form their own restaurants or would you say that some of that is also driven by the locals? There's a, there's a big local movement as well in veganism and that's, uh, that's surrounded almost exclusively around uh, spirituality and a little bit of health. Funnily enough, um, misses out some of, the, some of the larger reasonings from where we're from. A lot of people would say the environment and animal welfare. Uh, so it's kind, of, it's kind of funny how you can see the flip side of uh, different parts of veganism being equally as important to other people in in different areas of the world. Yeah, for sure. That is probably a massive thing as well. Because I think I did read somewhere that Indonesia's like got the, like contributes the most amount of plastic in the ocean or something. Because that, right? Did you read that somewhere as well? Like the environmental aspects? I didn't, but I'm not. I'm not surprised to. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear about it. To be honest, it's uh, there's a massive overuse of uh, of plastics, and there's a, a big waste problem in Indonesia, and uh, there doesn't seem to have been a lot of uh, public education or uh, corporate responsibility when it comes to things things like plastics. So we've got a pretty good setup in the UK, haven't we, with recycling and so on. Yeah. Um, it's just not in the sphere of uh, of uh, people's thoughts here, and can be pretty difficult, especially if you're from uh, from a poor family. Saving the environment isn't necessarily top of your list. Absolutely. Um, lucky enough for us, we're we're able to think about those things. We 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 do come from uh, first world, the first world, and we're able to. We're lucky enough to be able to choose options that really help 
the planet and the world. Yeah, I do also see the flip side of that, though. You've got places like Kuta where people just come and party and think, oh, I'm just going to leave this mess because I can go home and not have to worry about it kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think there's uh, there's 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 two sides of the of the problem there in that uh, there's the impact from tourism, which also has a really good impact uh, economically on Bali. So there's lots of people with lots more money because there's lots more tourists here. Yeah. Um, but it does bring more waste and stuff like that. But uh, I'd say the majority of, of plastic waste that ends up in the sea anyway uh, has kind of been thrown away due to a lack of understanding, lack of understanding locally. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, Bali is an amazing place and I would recommend anybody who hasn't already been there to go because it is pretty cool um, and you obviously have decided to make it your home, so you must agree. But um, the whole point you are here is basically to talk about what you talked about at the Bali Festival recently. It's already been, right? You've kind of done one out of two? There's two festivals? Uh, the Abud Festival was uh, this week, the last weekend just been, yeah. and the Chengdu uh, Festival is all part of the same festival. The Django yeah. one is uh, on Sunday, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this this week. That's the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Cool. And when I saw your name up there, and I saw that you were talking about the best way to kind of, as a vegan, the best way to talk to meat eaters, I was like, man, I think my listeners and my audience could definitely benefit from that because it is something that we all deal with because obviously we live in a non-vegan world and we get pressure we get all those other things so i think it's going to be a really good thing to talk about so i mean firstly like what is the best way what have you kind of found out is the best way to kind of talk to you know omnivores meat eaters about veganism um, well, it gets it gets complicated basically because uh, I think anyway you have to look at some of the reasoning behind uh, why people think what they think and why people react um, in a way that makes you go, hang on, you shouldn't be reacting like that. You should be reacting like this, and then you start clashing when uh, really we're we're uh, giving a message of peace and love and making the world a better place, and it should be a very very difficult thing to to argue against, but uh, it became really, really frustrating to see myself uh, as well as other vegans trying to get the vegan, the vegan point across to people, but ending up looking like sort of some, some sort of angry, crazy weirdo and having the person they were talking to go off and say, whoa, vegans are weird. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to try and try and address that a little bit. So I started, I started looking at some of the reactions that I was getting some of the methods that I was using um, at the time. I don't know if you want me to go into that a bit more now or a little bit, a little bit no, later with you. Why mind. not? Let's do it. Let's do it now. Why not? Let, let, let the conversation flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, as I told you, I, I went, went vegan around 12 years ago now. And when I first went vegan, uh, like I think a lot of people, when they first go vegan, they're very, very, angry about what's going on in the world and to write it's what what is happening is horrible when you look at any side of any side of it any of those reasons um we talked about it's it's just mind-boggling and uh it can send you crazy i i suppose but um i would have called my i'd call my pull myself back then quite uh quite an aggressive style of uh of vegan in that uh Anyone I'd meet in the in the pub, if they were eating meat or dairy or something like that, I'd I'd call them out on it, and I'd feel 
really fantastic about it because I feel like I am the one in this room who is defending animals and this person is now going to feel uneasy about eating animals. Until a friend said to me after, you do know that a lot of people think you're a massive weirdo, Aaron. And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm defending the animals. And they said, how many people have, uh, have you seen really change their, uh, change their behaviors after, after one of your conversations? She was very nice in calling them conversations. Um, <laughs> and I had a think and it wasn't, it wasn't many. Um, and then over the years of being a vegan, I've kind of adapted and changed my approach basically to, to try and get better reactions from the people I'm talking to. So hopefully they go away from talking to me, um, thinking, yeah, vegans are quite cool. And just planting that first, that first seed, like I, like I said with you, my, my experience, what well, I didn't have like a, um, an enlightening moment where I ate meat and dairy and then I suddenly stopped eating meat and dairy. I think uh, most people, I could be wrong, um, end up going vegan having had lots of different points of contact with veganism and lots of different points of contact with uh, vegan people. Um, and that's what all vegans are. We, are. we are points of contact for other people. We're normally the first person that comes into their head um, when they hear about veganism, unless they know tons and tons of vegans. Again, I think that's a bit in the future. Um, but the fact that uh, my friends will refer to me as, oh, we know this really cool vegan guy. He doesn't bite my head off or anything. Um, it puts a positive attitude in their head. So what I thought, what I, what I, what I thought was maybe if I, can, if I can get these positive reactions and um, eventually turn people vegan, which has also, also happened. People have come up to me and said, uh, and said that they really appreciated some of the things I said to them a couple of years ago. And at the time, a couple of the years ago, I thought, oh no, maybe they're not even going to think about this. But like I say, if you can plant a, a little seed that, uh, that shows them that really this is about love and peace and uh, kindness to the, to the planet and what animals on the planet and you can you can really get some good outcomes as one of those one of those discussion points um i'm keen to say that this isn't this isn't a one size fits all um it's not easy to talk to people about veganism especially when um there's a the, there's an instant wall that goes up um, and in, in the talk I give, there's, uh, we look into some of the reasons that uh, meat eaters, when you start talking to them, seem instantly angry at you and, you and then it kind of raises your blood a bit and that's how conversations end up going off stream. So um, things like the society that we live in, uh, the advertising, what we see on TV, um, how we're told that some animals are okay to eat and some animals are, uh, it's absolutely atrocious to eat them. Why we'd milk and milk a cow and drink its milk, but we'd, uh, be disgusted at the thought of a, um, dog being milked and drink and us drinking their milk. So things like that, trying to, trying to get people to put themselves in the same mindset as before when they were a vegan and what would they have wanted to hear from talking to a vegan? 
themselves to help them make that switch. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because it's almost like when somebody finds out you're vegan, they almost, and this is what happens to me, I'm not sure if it happens to you, they almost feel like they themselves have to defend the reason why they're not. And I don't usually tell people or ask people, you know, why aren't you vegan? It's almost like by me saying I'm vegan, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I really don't think I could do that or X, Y, and Z. And it's kind of like, well, I'm not, you know, asking you to be vegan. You just asked what I eat kind of thing. And they almost go in self-defense mode straight away. Um, and I think it's because obviously we're questioning their way of thinking, the way that they were brought up. And of course, I think it'd be natural to be defensive against that. Um, because you know your parents especially were you know we're told that you need to eat this way and then we're someone especially when you meet new people that you know you're supposed to eat this other way and it's kind of like well why and you of course you're going to question that kind of thing um do you think there is probably a different way that or a better way to talk to like say your loved ones versus like when you do meet new people or especially like when going on maybe first dates when you're a vegan and the person you're going you know, on a date with may not know that you are. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of most of the, the the talk that I give is is based on um, those either day to day conversations or conversations with new people. Um, I think it really depends on the receptiveness of the person you're talking to about veganism. Like you just said, you've uh, sometimes brought it up and people have been instantly angry. Um, I'm sure you've had the same experience as me where sometimes you bring it up and people have wanted to know a lot more or they've brought it up and said, this guy's a vegan or why don't you eat this? And then started asking you loads of question, questions out of genuine interest. Those are, those are kind of the low hanging fruit. Finally, I get to use a vegan metaphor. Um, <laughs> For, uh, for engaging in a conversation, because if you can get people to be the ones asking the questions and delivering the, um, delivering the inquisitiveness of the conversation, then you're suddenly not the one telling them what to do. You're the guy who's, uh, who's calmly and politely ask, answering, answering some of their questions. And yeah, you can add, uh, you can add some questions of, of your own as well. Um, but that's actually one of the points in the, in the in the talk or the blog which you can see online um, is to try and get the other person to instigate the conversation and it's so difficult um, mm. I want to talk about veganism with every single person I meet and that's because it's such an important issue um, however you've probably noticed if you bring it up often people automatically close their doors so just dropping things in like Oh, do you have soya milk instead of normal cow's milk to the waitress? Maybe you're meeting a friend or you're meeting someone for the first time. Um, and there, you don't have to say things like, I'm not having the cow's milk because of this. You shouldn't have cow's milk because of coffee. Anything like that. You can achieve the same outcome a little bit better, actually, sometimes with just planting one of those seeds. And whether it opens up the conversation further, of course, that's fantastic. Um, but if the person you're talking to isn't receptive to that and doesn't want to bring up questions based on it, then maybe it's not the best thing to, to keep bringing it up. Yeah, I guess if they want to know, they'll probably will bring it up. And I think that is a way, it's a lot easier to talk to people about veganism if they're actually the ones asking questions. And I think even 
I guess rather than telling people facts, it's almost like asking them questions as well is quite hopeful. Like I see how people like Earthling Ed is very good at keeping calm and asking, you know, people questions about how they'll feel if this happened or this happened rather than trying to give them all these crazy facts and, you know, telling them they can't do something like, well, you know, just quite calmly ask them a question and it makes them think quite deeply Oh uh, yeah, that does kind of make sense because they need to make sense of it themselves, right? Mm. I think that's yeah, it's quite a good way of doing it, as opposed to some other maybe activists that are very angry, um, and that doesn't always end the way that it could do. But yeah, yeah, I, um, think, I think we put ourselves in other people's shoes, and uh, I think there's there's huge reason for positivity in vegan discussions. Um, Sometimes I, I, I call people who aren't vegan, ve people who aren't vegan yet. Um, and that's because there is opportunity. The fact that veganism is changing so much now and there's a lot more vegans, they're all people who have said, who have realized at some stage, yes, I need to change my behavior. Um, and we can, we can do that. We can, slowly, we can slowly change this, but it really also depends on uh, how people view vegan, veganism. Is it cool? Is it full of angry weirdos? Is it a bunch of hippies? Uh, is it what all the celebrities are doing? Uh, is it the healthiest way to be? Is, is it what's considered an animal lover? All those questions. And when they become part of what society is, I think that's when we'll start seeing that critical mass of vegans throughout the world and start seeing some change from some really really big changes yeah and i think you touched on another point point is the health benefits of being vegan i think there are a lot of people that are still in a very selfish almost phase and they're kind of like well what's in it for me if i go vegan and i think that might be a good way to approach it. it's like well you know if you're having a plant-based diet it's now you know research based is basically saying it's the healthiest way to eat and although they may not be going vegan for the animals at the first instance, because they are now plant-based, for some reason they start to think about where that animal products are coming from. They see more of those little videos on Instagram because obviously the targeting gets you. And then before you know it, they've stayed you know, plant-based for the animals or vegan for the animals or that kind of thing. So um, I think it's, for me personally, I just kind of, because I obviously work with more of the health side and nutrition side of things, people are like, oh, well, how can I be as healthy as possible? I will change this, change that. And then before you know it, they're realizing all the, um, I guess, the cruelty that the animals go through to be, you know, on your plate. So I think that is definitely a different approach, but it seems to be working for me as well. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's human nature for us to, to uh, want something out of anything that we do. I mean, even if we volunteer we want to have a good time volunteering it's it's nothing to feel ashamed of that you also want some some personal gain in some way from from your actions that's i think that's really that's really human nature and i, I think you touched on it there as well um I, I really find some of sometimes some of the infighting that i see um quite sad because the two people, two vegans fighting each other about why someone is, uh, is vegan. Maybe one, maybe they're angry that somebody's vegan for health. Uh, they both have the exact same outcome in, in their actions. Their actions are, uh, better, both better for the environment. The vegan who's, uh, who's in it for the animals 
is having the same environmental impact as the vegan who's in it for the environment and vice versa. Yeah. And that's an important point. I think I put that on my Instagram recently actually is, you know, it doesn't really matter why people are vegan because at the end of the day, if they're going for plant-based or for environmental reasons, it's still going to have a net effect that less animals are going to be harmed. And that is the whole point of being vegan. And rather than like, you know, like losing your temper over the exact termination termination of it is kind of like, well, you know what, the, you know, at the end of the day, the, the net effect is going to be better for everybody. That's what I think. Yeah. I hope some people tend to take on board because there are, and this is kind of leading on to my next question is I think there are a lot of people that almost don't call themselves vegan, even though they live that kind of lifestyle because they're scared of being judged by the more, I guess hard, would you say hardcore vegans? I don't know what you'd say, but more of the, the judgmental kind of militant vegans, I guess you'd say. Like, how would you, how would you like give advice to those people that are scared of being judged by more, like you said, vegans fighting vegans? Um, what kind of advice would you have for them? I think for me, it's even more important for them to, uh, for them to talk about who they are and why they're doing it. And obviously not talk, like I say, talk about it in every conversation and make it everything you are about. But if you can leave it into conversation, which is another bit of the, uh, the blog or the talk that you can see, um, if you can lever it into conversations, it's really important. Why is it really important? Because you're one more person offering a really rational discussion and you're one more person sending, sending someone who's not vegan yet away thinking, wow, that vegan was really cool. Hmm. Um, sometimes you don't even need to say anything at all. Um, if the person that you're with, maybe they're a long-term fr uh, family friend, let's say, you're still in their head, that vegan I know. So all of your actions, everything you do, whether they're vegan related or not, um, become, become vegan in, become the actions of a vegan in your, in your friend's head. Um, and that's what they use to form their opinion of what vegans are like, because you're, you're the only one you like. So yeah, sometimes actions speak loud, louder than words and you shouldn't feel ashamed about not not talking about veganism sometimes it's you're actually doing doing it a doing a big big favor for veganism by not talking about it because then you get seen as someone who doesn't talk about veganism all the time and then is this really cool laid-back person um and then it's a seed planted in someone else's head where maybe at some point maybe two maybe three years in the future they end up they end up changing some of their some of their actions based on the early early um, contact points that they had along their veganism journey. Yeah, that's about those first impressions and also I think by leading by example as well. Um, you know, if you, <laughs> if you start a conversation with anger, it's not really going to end well, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you touched on another point there as well, which is... Uh, Whatever you, uh, whatever you do, no matter how angry and no matter how unreasonable someone is being uh, with you in conversation, maybe they're, maybe they're saying that you're a weakling or something or, you, or that you've got nutrition deficiency when actually they're the one that might have nutrition deficiency. Um, whatever you do, uh, do not get angry. And the reason I say do, do not get angry um, is because 
put put it in the context of any any discussion if somebody is shouting or angry or really hostile then they can be saying the most rational thing in the world and it's going to fall on deaf ears because the overriding emotion that comes out to other people is anger so I think it takes a lot of guts to be a, to be vegan and to also take some of the stick that you get from from people who are angry at you sometimes sometimes from other vegans even um, but most of the time from people you meet who instantly have their defenses up then they might say that you're being preachy or something um, it, and it's so it's so tempting to start going, I'm not being preachy, you're being preachy. Look at all the, look at all the signs for McDonald's down the street. Don't you think that's preaching to me? And it's very easy to, to, to react to that. So what I, like I say, I think it takes a lot, of, a lot of guts and a lot of patience to think, right, I'm going to, going to stop here and think about what the response is. So if someone was to say, um, yeah, I this is the exact reason I dislike vegans. You're always talking about veganism. Calmly respond with something along the lines of um, saying things like, "Oh, I'm really sorry if you've taken that way. I hope you're not. Hope you're not uh, offended. Um, and I hope that uh, I hope that this doesn't this hasn't hurt you. And if ever you want a conversation on it again, then please feel free to to let me know. Especially if you're in on a table of people." Who's going to look like the angry person there? The person who's just told you off, or the person who's replied in a calm, in a calm manner? Yeah, and that's kind of like I always say to people, you know, I'm not bothered if you are vegan or not, but if you do need some help or education, then you know, come and ask me. You just have to open those doors, I think, and just you know, be like the. I don't know. It just kind of seems like be the nicer person, and that's what it's about, right? Yeah, I honestly believe that you that it takes so much patience to uh, to have a successful conversation with people because you you will. I, I'm sure everybody listening to this has heard it at some point or or another. Like people saying, "Well, Eskimos eat whales. What's your problem with them? Why do you hate Eskimos? What do you expect <laughs> them to eat?" People, you know, people just trying to rile you, rile you up. But yeah, uh, yeah another part of the another another part of having a successful discussion i'd say is to stay on topic and uh whatever your topic is firstly uh it links to another point which is try and work out what the what the what the main interest point of the person you're talking to is and then stick stick to the topic maybe you have an environmentalist friend even if you're vegan for animal welfare reasons um, and your environmentalist friend isn't using any plastic, um, you can target your approach to them based on what, they're, what they are interested in. So I don't need to go into, into big de detail about what yep. the, uh, the envi environmental issues and uh, people who, who are environmentalists uh, yep. but not vegan yet. But it's, a, it's a very good, uh, very good lead-in to a conversation and uh as long as you're doing it in a way that people don't feel judged again very difficult yeah and it's good that you mentioned that environmental thing because i think max lamana was at your Bali festival as well wasn't he zero waste vegan did you see him speak he was yeah he was uh from jakarta right 
No, Maxlamana is from New York. I actually had him on episode four of this podcast. So if people want to know what oh, okay. no, I'm talking about, you can listen to that I one. I think I met him. <laughs> yeah, he's like a quite young dude from from New York, and he's like a zero waste chef. And you know, whenever I ask him what's the biggest thing that anybody can do to kind of help the environment, he's like, just eat more plants. Like that's the number one thing. Mm. It's just like cut out animals, eat more plants. That's number one thing. So yeah, like you said, make it relatable to their own personal goals. If someone wants to be healthier, eat more plants. <laughs> if somebody wants to save the planet, eat more plants. If you want to save the animals, eat less animals. It's kind of, yeah, make it from their point of view. Um, yeah, I mean, we're coming probably to the end of, I'd say this episode. What, I mean, obviously this is about, this is called the Fit Vegan Body Podcast. So why don't we ask something about, you know, yourself and how you keep yourself fit in Bali? What kind of things do you do? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's difficult to keep weight on, to be honest, in Bali. It, it gets so hot and I work out mainly in gyms that don't have any air conditioning. Yeah. Um, so even when I'm doing a weights day, it feels like my... Uh, it feels like the pounds are pounds are coming off me <laughs> pretty quickly. You might as well be uh, working out in a sauna. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the things that I do. I, I never really work out between like the hours of nine and five because it's just it's just too hot and I don't want to kill myself um, too much. But uh, yeah, I mix it up with um, I play futsal, which is like five aside football. I don't know why it's called futsal, <laughs> uh, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> I play that a couple of a couple of times a week for uh, for my bit of cardio, um, and then uh, I hit the gym maybe three or four times four times a week and try and hit each of the main main uh, main muscle areas, switching between bulking up and stripping down, um, and switching muscle groups and so on like that. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good place to it's a good place to work out. There's gyms all over the place. I really should do a lot more running, but uh, injured my knee lot too, not too long ago, so I had to put running on the back burner as well. But thankfully, football's still on, still on board. Yeah, that sounds like a, it's almost a dream place to live. Then, um, what about your overall nutrition? Like, is it quite easy to get a variety of like I know fresh fruit easily, but I think when I was there, like vegetables could be quite hard to come by. Like, obviously, you've got the ones grown locally, but apart from those, is it quite hard to get? Um, some variety in there or what would you say yeah I, th I think it I mean it really like I was saying before Ubud is probably in my opinion the the best place in the world for vegan vegan food um, but it's a holiday town so it's uh, it can get it can get expensive especially if you're eating like that for uh, breakfast lunch and dinner every every single day you'll you'll start to see uh, your money disappear. So uh, if you're living on things like local salaries, I'd say there's sort of two two tiers of it. If you're coming here as a holiday maker, go crazy. Just uh, just Google all of the all of the vegan food places all around Bali. It's not just a bud. You can find some really awesome vegan places in places like uh, Balangan. Um, the real up and coming one is is Changu. There seems to be a new vegan place opening every week and if there's not a new vegan place it's a it's a new place with more vegan food yeah. um so like i say it depends what your budget is but uh if you're coming here as a holiday maker uh you'll eat really really well and you can find anything from um raw gluten-free uh low-carb vegan food even to uh 
to like your your dirty dirty greasy vegan burgers which i'm uh, i'm pretty partial to as well um but yeah in terms of uh everything's cooked on a stove here so uh if you're if you're doing your own cooking it is fairly easy you can go down to the local market and uh you have to get used to some of the local local veg but once you do it's pretty good and then uh I've got to also mention that we live in the capital of tempeh and tofu. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, they're, they're luxuries in the, in the UK to me, but uh, in fact, I'd never even eaten tempeh before, before coming to, to Bali. And now, uh, now I have to take some back every time I go back to the UK. Yeah. I love the stuff so much. That's actually, yeah, the same with me is the first place I tried it was on Gilly Tea actually when we did like a Balinese cooking class and that was six or seven years ago um, <laughs> yeah I had never heard of the stuff and then now I mean in London I mean in East London like Shoreditch there is a lot of like, there's a place called Temple of Satan um, so they have obviously lots of Satan and lots of um, tempeh <laughs> um, but it's a little bit easier than maybe it was last time we were here um, so before we go, just kind of obviously now you have your own ethical um, clothing brand and most of that kind of income goes towards the rescue dogs that you've got. Remember you telling me you had four dogs and four cats with you. Um, so, I mean, share a little bit about your, I guess, your company and obviously the dogs and the cats that you rescue. Yeah, well, um, just like anywhere in the world, there's problems. And sometimes when you come as a holiday maker, you don't see the problems. But uh, when, you, when you live there, sometimes you do. Um, and in the case of Bali, there's, uh, there's lots of street animals. Um, and it became really uh, difficult for me to, to continue driving past these animals. And I know it's, it probably sounds like I'm some sort of horrible human driving past animals that need help. Uh, but it happens every day and it's, uh, it gets very difficult to be able to, um, to be able to care for every single one of them. If you stop for every animal that needed help, you'd, you'd have nothing left in your bank account. So, uh, one of the reasons I, uh, started Sun and Sage is, um, ethical vegan clothing. Uh, is so, so I can turn that into a sustainable animal rescue, um, source of funding. So, so that, if I do see an animal, I don't have to drive past them. And um, with the with the money I make from from that, it's uh, supposed to be fifteen percent. It's uh, in reality, see how many t-shirts I sell. But uh, in reality, it's a little little bit more than that. Um, but yeah, the, the the street animals in Bali are in pretty horrific shape, and I'm I'm really pleased that I've been able to start something up that uh, that also gives back to some of the animals in Bali in a sustainable way. And I'm hoping to grow it so I can rescue as many animals as, uh, as the money I raise can, can afford. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be able to do that. And uh, also very excited to, I guess, do a little bit, uh, a little bit like you're doing in a different, different way to just, just doing something that helps promote uh, veganism a little bit more. And I was struggling to find a t-shirt I wanted to wear. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought, right, I'll make them myself and I'll source them ethically. Um, and I found this, uh, this great uh, production place that makes these t-shirts out of bamboo. Uh, and the fabric is, uh, it's the nicest fabric I've ever had, but uh, I'd say that, wouldn't I? I'm selling them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty damn nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. So if somebody wants one of your t-shirts, what's, would they reach you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, they can, they can, if they're, if they're in Bali, they're, they're welcome to reach out direct message on Instagram, or they can check out some of the, some of the cafes and restaurants in Bali that have them They're dotted around Bali. Um, for anyone, rest of the world, there's world, worldwide, worldwide delivery. And you can see, see the website at www.sunandsageclothing.com. And is that also where your blog is basically that we're, that you were mentioning about. yeah there's a there's a there's a, a vegan advice uh section i'll be adding a few more blogs a, a couple of uh, fitness blogs as well coming up pretty soon um but that was really the real important one that i wanted to wanted to stick with the how to how to get to talk to vegans as a meat eater brackets without them getting really really angry at you so if anybody wants to see some of the some of the wider points in there there's a few things that we didn't discuss um, you can take a look at that and I'll be putting a video, video version inspired by you, Aaron. So uh, I'll put a video version of, of it up pretty soon as well. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, cool. Um, is there any final tips that you probably want to share before we go? Um, I mean, I, the, the biggest, the biggest tip that, uh, I'd say I already touched on it. I'd say, um, say is to be calm in however you talk however you talk to people. And the other major one that I see people really uh, struggling with is going off topic. Um, so for example, if somebody starts talking about how you don't seem very vegan to me, you're using an iPhone, and then suddenly you're in defensive mode about talking about the, the ethics behind where the materials in iPhones come from, from a conversation that started as, uh, from a conversation that started about uh, hey, should we not kill animals and eat other stuff? <laughs> yeah. So uh, staying on topic is pretty important. So um, I'd say address the issue. Um, say, oh, thanks for letting me know about that. I'm going to go and look into iPhones as soon as I've finished this conversation. <laughs> and, yeah, then, like, and then you can bring it back around to, uh, to what you were actually talking about. Um, yeah. Or end up defending yourself because plants have feelings apparently. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, as long as you don't go off topic and stick to stick to what you know is rational or rational and what you know is going to make sense, if you can stay on that topic. For me, um, I often go with uh, the animal welfare side of things. That's the thing that, that, that got me into veganism, but uh, also into fitness and health and the environment like everyone kind of is these days. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say do not try and try your best not to go uh, off topic. Like if somebody says, but you've got a dog and you feed your dog meat, you're not very vegan. Just say, yeah, I I'm going to look into it and I really want to. And I really appreciate you bringing that up because it is something that, uh, that I do need to look into. And I've been thinking about it more. So thank you. Um, but let, let's continue with what we were talking about before, which was, uh, which was uh, I don't know, it could be that, pigs are more intelligent than dogs. I don't know what the conversation is about before, before you go off on a tangent, but it's one of the defensive mechanisms of, uh, of uh, people who aren't vegan yet to rationalize and think of reasons why they're not the bad person, you're the bad person, and then telling you why you're the bad person, so you stray off topic, but uh, I'd say stay on, stay on topic. Like I say, the rest of the, uh, 
the rest of the uh, blog is available online. There's some, there's some images there as well, and you can see uh, see the video. I'll try and get that up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, actually, those images are actually quite cool because you've kind of like seen, you've commented and screenshotted Facebook comments and kind of explained why they felt or said those things, which is quite interesting. So, yeah, definitely those people should have a look at the, the blog. All right, cool. Well, thank you for your time, Aaron. Um, it's been yeah, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> it's been quite good chatting to you. Um, to obviously, yeah. Oh, and the dog as well. He's happy. Um, all right, they so, did really well to stay quiet for, uh, for about 45 minutes there. <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, I hope to... And that's all for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Of course, we'll see you next week. If you have questions or want to find out more information about working with me, check out my Instagram at thevegan underscore coach, my website, thevegancoach.org, or just check out my Facebook page. Have a great day and see you next week.